Welcome to Business Owners Radio. Business Owners Radio, where established business owners get the latest insights, strategies, and practices to grow a sustainably profitable business. And now, taking care of business, your hosts, Craig Moen and Shai Gilad. Welcome to Business Owners Radio, Episode 79. On today's show, we're talking with Frank Cottle, CEO of Alliance Virtual Offices and Chairman of the Alliance Business Centers. Frank is going to share his insights on the landscape of the flexible workplace market and how business owners are using these services to gain a competitive advantage at every stage of their business growth. Good morning, Craig. Good morning, Chai. You know, Craig, in thinking of the costs associated with running a successful business, after the cost of your workforce, what is the largest expense that most business owners are wrestling with? It's usually the facilities, all of the infrastructure needed to take care of all of that staff. Yeah, it really is. I mean, depending on your IT needs, sometimes that can be very expensive as well. But I agree with you. It's usually that if you look at overhead, it's the cost of facilities. And it's not just that, right? Your options are pretty expensive. There's so many pieces involved. And on the surface, it sounds easy. You know, we'll just find a place and we're done. In reality, we all know it's different. There's all of that time that's involved in finding and contracting and then managing. And the expense of all of that, plus all of the time involved, it's huge. Yeah, and it's all those other hidden costs too, right? So it's one thing hiring a broker, tracking down a lease, negotiating a lease, signing a lease, which is always a pleasant experience, right? But then, Yeah, right. Or, you know, some people have done a great job. You know, I've worked with a lot of businesses that recognized an opportunity and were able to actually acquire the real estate and re-leverage that asset. And that's worked out well for a lot of people. But there's a lot of risk in that too. And now you're tying up a lot of capital or a lot of your credit. And that's Um, not really their core business. That's not their expertise. Yeah, right. And like you say, managing, I know sometimes the management part of it is expensive too. Yeah, and the other little hidden costs of ownership, right? So think about just when you onboard a new member to your team, all the equipment associated with that. And then as the size of your workforce changes, there's cost. And if you don't have enough space, you have to do another build out. And there's things like exterminator fees, cleaning, trash, you know, it seems like it never stops. And there's always good providers out there for every little piece involved that you didn't know you needed for your building. Oh, yeah. I know someone who runs a really successful business that does nothing but show up and shred your documents. (laughs) Very true. I use some of those. (laughs) Oh, you know, and it's interesting because an emerging model that's really shredding the real estate space right now is the flexible workplace market. You know, when we look at our business and what we do, how many times have you been in seminars or run businesses or even in our coaching, we're always looking to help our owners find areas of outsourcing. If it's not your core business, find a way to outsource it economically. Yeah, and companies big and small are really discovering the idea of your workplace as a service. (laughs) And, you know, I can't think of a better expert than the guest that we have today. He is Frank Cottle. Frank is CEO of Alliance Virtual Offices and chairman of the Alliance Business Centers Network. And Frank is a recognized expert and a true pioneer on flexible working and the entire virtual office movement. Frank has worked with tens of thousands of business owners and coupled with his unique global management perspective has become the go-to authority on flexible and remote work. Good morning, Frank. Welcome to Business Owners Radio. 
Well, Shai, good morning to you and Craig. It's great to be here. Yeah, very excited to have you on here today to talk about this topic of virtual offices and explore what this means to business owners and the potential for this great resource, which is really exploding here in the U.S. Well, yeah, it really has been exploding. We've been doing it for about 37 years now, so we just think our time has come. Yeah, I think you're way ahead of the curve. And I'm actually kind of curious, you know, I was reading in your bio that you started out in the yacht and ship brokering business. And I'm curious what that experience was like and how this path led you to this line of work. Well, you know, it's funny because there's no real connection there, uh, I think. I started there really working my way through college as a commercial diver, working on the Pacific Seal Fleet, which was the Navy's intelligence gathering ships in Southeast Asia. And from that, I moved into the yachting industry. I had always sailed all of my life and loved racing racing large sailboats. And so I raced yard sailing yachts around the world for about 10 years. And we built quite a large brokerage by doing that. We built the, had what at that time was the largest yacht brokerage in the world. And I came to the conclusion one day that I'd never be an owner so long as I was a broker. And in coming to that conclusion, naturally, I became dissatisfied with that business and decided to go into commercial real estate. What does that conclusion mean to you? Well, the conclusion meant that I had to be in control of building something rather than brokering something. And I had always enjoyed real estate. We acquired quite a number of residential income properties. We had about 600 apartment units during that time. And it felt to me that I just wanted to go down that path. I liked building something, looking at it and saying, I did that rather than just doing transaction work. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And, you know, if you think about just from basic business modeling, transaction work, you have to keep hunting down new customers all the time, right? Very different from the oldest recurring revenue stream in the business, which, of course, is real estate. It is. And it's very difficult if you're in transaction work to scale, especially if you're doing large, high-value sales. There's only so many hours in the day. And so scaling something is just where my mind went. That went to property because I was already familiar with it from the residential side. I just decided that I preferred commercial to residential. And there are these funny little things called executive suites popping up in the 70s. And I decided that was the direction I wanted to go. I wanted to have the the smallest amount of bricks and mortar that could create the largest yield or revenue possible. And that was uh, the serviced offices or executive suites is what they were called in that era. And the outgrowth of that is now this whole industry now in virtual officing. And tell us what that means today, that definition. Well, you know, we're, we're really part of the serviced office industry. And all providers that combine people, place, and technology into a single product and deliver it with a highly flexible service agreement rather than a lease. That's what constitutes the serviced office industry. And within the service office industry, you have business centers, co-working centers, incubators, accelerators, virtual office services, logistics centers, et cetera, all different types of products, or you could say sectors, just like in the automotive industry. You have different sectors. You might say, well, I know what the automotive industry, it's a chassis, an engine, and a steering wheel, and it moves people from place to place. But you have SUVs and family cars and sports cars, et cetera. Well, in our industry, we have business centers, co-working centers, et cetera, different sectors. And our company utilizes the core people, place, and technology, highly flexible service agreement structure 
virtually. We started out building centers many years ago of our own, and then we decided in the late 90s that we really preferred to own the customer instead of the facility. So we sold all of our facilities. We were at that time the largest private operator in the world. And we sold all of our facilities in, in a, a merge that ended up going really to one of our biggest competitors today and built a technology-based company called Alliance Virtual Offices around a concept very similar to Expedia. If you look at Expedia and you book through them ever, you would say, well, I just booked a Hilton hotel room through Expedia. Well, who really owns your business relationship, Expedia or Hilton? Expedia does. They have a wholesale agreement with Hilton, and they made the decision that they could service customers all over the globe and use all facilities, have the entire customer service capacity of the entire hospitality industry without limitation. And they preferred that model. And we do the same. We prefer as a business model, the software as a service structure and then owning the customer as opposed to the facility. So we want to not just service customers who use virtual offices, but we also service the entire industry on a number of layers. And that's been very important to our growth, being an industry activist, if you will. And Frank, from a business owner's standpoint, let's say a small business owner or even a solo business owner, all the way through a multiple conglomerate, what types of entry points and involvements is your alliance organization able to address? I think the key to business today is flexibility and speed to delivery. If you look at business in general, if we go back a few years and we look at the development of the intermodal system, which created just-in-time inventory for manufacturing and for the retail industries, and you look at where people that have exploited that, such as Amazon, have gone to, I think flexibility in business, no one knows the future. I mean, who would have predicted Brexit a few years ago? And so flexibility, obviously, that helps in planning, knowing that we can open an office for somebody. We can open 10 offices in 10 countries, in 10 cities, in 10 minutes. And we can move those offices all over the globe for a client organization. And whether it's a single office that's needed by a startup or it's a network of offices needed by a large corporate user or it's a government agency trying to reposition themselves and save, hopefully, taxpayer dollars, it really doesn't matter to us. It's just very easy to do. And that flexibility, does that also include the number of months you might have a particular virtual office? Absolutely. It's sort of a by-the-day, by-the-week, by-the-month, by-the-year approach. Most of our clients take a six-month or a 12-month rolling agreement, kind of like joining a little health club, mm -hmm. if you will. Mm -hmm. They say, okay, I know I want to have this office available to me at a certain price for a, at least six months or at least a year. That's well within budgeting and planning cycles. But I'm not sure I'm going to need it three years from now. So why would I want to sign a conventional lease with a landlord? Fixed your eyes to space, furnish the space, hire a staff, have spaces such as conference rooms when I might only use them once a week or for one hour a day, but I'm paying for them 24-7. People don't like that anymore. They want the flexibility, not just in the length of term, but in how they use the space. So one of the tenets of our industry is you basically only pay for what you use and you only pay it for as long as you need it. There's not much room for waste in our industry. 
In years past, you would be able to rent an office space, uh, just an office, and that was it. Or you might share with a group of offices from some attorneys or something like that. Today, I've been to a couple open houses of these, and it's amazing to me the number of services that are also included or optional. Can you talk about some of those? Well, we provide space, of course, but we say we combine people, place, and technology. So that means the space, the people, clerical, secretarial, administrative support, front desk reception, live reception, meeting hosts or hostesses, whatever is needed on a service level is provided through various centers and able to be acquired a la carte or on a fixed basis. And from a technology point of view, today it's gotten fairly simple with VoIP telephony and everybody's demand for bandwidth. It's really a matter of providing very, very high-speed, high-capacity volume of bandwidth on a Wi-Fi basis so that wherever someone is within a facility or within the building that the facility is in, they're always connected. And we manage those Wi-Fi networks is a big part of our business and the telephony networks that are connected to them. Anything for the traveling business person? One of the things that travelers really like is a new service we've created last year or so. Basically, we're digitizing all mail now. So if you happen to have an office in New York, but you have to go to Paris and you wonder what's in your mailbox, you don't have to ask anybody. It's all digitized and sent to you, and it lands directly on your smartphone or your computer, tablet, whatever it is you you happen to be logged in with. That's a huge boon to an awful lot of people. And then if I'm traveling from one major city to another, are there the ability to utilize my flexible service agreement to stop by other offices on travel? Absolutely. We have both an an automated system where people can book meeting rooms or day offices as they travel uh, themselves, and we also have a service desk. We find that uh, sometimes doing a few things the old-fashioned way is nice. People that are traveling generally aren't sure of where they're traveling They know the destination, but they don't know what their needs might be or what's available somewhere. So we have a large service desk that allows people to call in and say, hey, you know, I I need a conference room and I need it in uh, in Tokyo, but I'm using an Apple computer and I want to make sure that I'm going to have an HDML cable that will connect me to the AV equipment. Or possibly I'm having a meeting and uh, three of the attendees are vegetarian. Well, they want to know that the office understands the difference between being a vegetarian and being a vegan or having Asian cuisine versus Hindu cuisine. So the subtle things that occur at a concierge level that are oftentimes missing in pure technology systems, we try and support manually with our service desks. We find that's very comforting to a lot of people. I can imagine, especially traveling in foreign countries. Can you give me a couple examples of an average client and how they engage with your organization? If we were to look at our industry at large, we would say that about 20% of all the clients in our industry come from government. That's a surprise to a lot of people, but a government has the same needs that business does, and so that becomes an important customer to us. The global Fortune 1000 is another about 20%. Right in the middle, the core of our industry are legal, accounting, financial services professionals. That's sort of the hallmark of our industry going back a few decades. Below that are marketing, distribution companies, sales companies, sort of regional companies, the three to ten person branch office. 
or independent entrepreneurial company. And below that, the bottom 20% are startups. So each of those groups has a very different profile, as you can imagine, and a very different need. The Global Fortune 1000 group wants somebody that can manage a whole portfolio for them. Maybe they need 500 offices. We're just laying down a 300 office footprint for one company right now, as an example. And they want someone to manage all of the billing, all of the invoices independently from those 300 offices in a variety of countries in a single currency with a single bill at the end of the month. That kind of thing. The entrepreneurial startup company really just wants a place to land. They want a place that's credible, where they can depend upon the services, and they're very, very concerned with cost. So we have to always be aware of who the customer is and tailor the services directly to their needs. It's an interesting distribution, pretty diverse market mix you have in those segments. Well, it is. The industry started around that legal accounting financial services group and then entrepreneurs and startups. But as the industry has grown, as the footprint of the industry has grown, the global users have really come to play. And I think that's a fairly common trend right now. I mean, we're all aware of the concept of outsourcing and contracting as opposed to employment. In fact, if you look five years ago back into a a large Fortune 1000 company's annual report, you would say, oh, they have X revenues in Y countries and Z number of employees. You would see that information in there. Today, you won't see the word employee hardly ever anymore. You'll see workforce. And what that means is that half of those employees that used to be permanent are now contractors. And they can be anywhere in the world. And yet that company still needs to keep their corporate culture together, still needs to house most of those people somehow. And so they use our industry for that. And according to the ITC, there'll be 1.6 billion mobile workers by the end of 2017, meaning people that work outside of their office two days or more per week. And you put that mobility in place, combine it with the flexibility that our industry provides, and you can immediately see where the trends are going. You can open an office anywhere in the world. You can employ and contract people anywhere in the world. And today, almost all companies are international. A three-person startup has an offshore supplier and an offshore client somewhere. So almost all companies are international today, and we facilitate that at a very cost-effective, highly flexible basis. Frank, are there any trends that have really surprised you? Gosh, after 37 years, I'm not sure. Uh, maybe all, all things surprise me. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's our approach to our industry has been one of trying to position ourselves as being the best students of our industry. So we're constantly studying, constantly gathering information. And as a result of that, trying to forecast and create the trends as opposed to be impacted by trends that we get blindsided by. Globally, I don't think there's anything that's too impactful that we wouldn't have seen. And I think that's one of the benefit of being a global operation. We have offices uh, around, and so we gather information from all marketplaces and, and consolidate that. And we're usually, candidly, usually two or three years ahead of the pack. That's what we're supposed to be. And we try very hard to maintain that position. And as far as getting back to segmentation, if I'm a business owner and I'm currently leasing a traditional bricks-and-mortar location with a long-term lease. Maybe I'm coming up on the end of my lease, and I'm looking at different options. Should I be looking into virtual officing as a shift in strategy? 
Absolutely. And I'll play it back to the property companies or more importantly, the very large, large private equity firms that have massive trillion dollar fixed asset funds. They own the buildings and they come to us, to our consulting group and with a simple question. They say, hey, we have this company, the global fortune 100 company, and we had them in 20 offices and their leases are coming up and they're renewing leases with us, but only half as much space. Where are the people going? Well, those people, those large fortune companies are deciding they want more flexibility than those 10-year fixed leases, and they're coming into our industry. So at all levels, companies are not just looking at us tactically saying this is a good idea for this one project, but they're looking at us strategically and trying to get the lease liabilities on their balance sheet and we combine people, place, and technology and deliver it at a highly flexible agreement at a lower cost than could be otherwise done. Gets uh, you into a new market quicker and yep. it greatly reduces your risk because you don't have yep. to invest in those long-term assets. Exactly. You can hire a team in, a, in another city while you explore the marketplace there, have a six-month agreement or a 12-month agreement, and instantly they can be in business the next day. Plus, that team doesn't have to worry about such things as, geez, where do I buy my photocopier? Uh, what kind of furniture does the office need? We need to hire a receptionist. Uh, what are the employment laws in this state or country? All those things are just automatically cared for. And that's the huge draw of our industry. Allows them to focus on what they're really there for, yep. their why. Yep. The, the old adage of the industry from the late 70s is, we'll manage your office while you manage your business. And that's still true today. Wow, Frank, it sounds like there's a lot of opportunity out there for business owners to really leverage this technology and this very exciting industry. I want to thank you so much for joining us today. We've really enjoyed having you on the show. Well, thank you. It's my pleasure. And uh, anything we can ever do to help you or your listeners, we'd be looking forward to that opportunity. Yeah. Is there anything else you'd like to leave with our listeners today? Well, you know, with all this time, I'd sure be grateful if your listeners are looking for these types of services, if they would simply go to AllianceVirtualOffices.com. How about two free months of live reception services if they sign up with us? And that'll give them a taste of how we work and make it an easy entry point for your listeners. And I think that might be a nice way to start. That's a fantastic offer, Frank. Thank you so much. I'm sure a lot of our listeners will take advantage of that. Our guest today has been Frank Cottle, CEO of Alliance Virtual Offices. You can learn more about Frank in our show notes at businessownersradio.com. This episode has been sponsored by Align for Business at Align, the number four, business.com. Thank you for joining us on Business Owners Radio. We hope you enjoyed today's show. As always, you can read more about each episode along with links and offers in the show notes on our website, businessownersradio.com. We want to hear your feedback. Please leave comments on this show or suggestions for upcoming episodes. Tell your fellow business owners about the show and, of course, you would love the stars and comments on iTunes. Till next time, keep taking care of business.